to all the exhausted village. I'm, that's what I'm gonna call your fans, Kyle. The exhausted village. Shout out to the exhausted educator. <laughs> this is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're gonna love the exhausted educator in What is going on, Education Heroes? Thank you for dropping in to the Exhausted Educator Show. In this episode, we're going to dive into inclusive practices in your classroom to support students with needs. And I've got a special guest. My friend Brandy Bro is going to join us, and she's going to share all kinds of amazing wisdom with you about inclusive practices. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, let me just say, you're so close to the end of the year. So hang in there. If you haven't hit the finish line yet, it's coming soon. Try to finish strong. Your students deserve it. I do want to remind you, though, that if you're not already, you can follow us on all the socials at Recharged Family, and you could always find out everything that we're doing in our Recharged Family network on rechargedfamily.com and find out everything there. If you're new to the show, welcome. We're super happy you're here. And if you're an existing listener, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Thank you. It means so much more than you realize the fact that somebody listens to me. And I'm pretty well aware that you're probably showing up to listen to these amazing guests. Like this next guest we're going to get into. So let's get into it right now. It's time to get recharged, people. Brandy Bro is the vice president of client services at a super special a really amazing company called Stetson and Associates. This company was founded by Dr. Frances Stetson, who is world-renowned for her work, specifically in the areas of inclusive practices and working to be an advocate for those with special education needs. I have been really fortunate for quite a few years to be able to work side-by-side with some of the amazing people at Stetson and Associates. And Brandy Bro is definitely one of them. And I can tell you, this company is filled with good-hearted people who care and strive to help those of us who are out in education land working through what can be a grind sometimes and trying our best even though it's not easy. I came to know Brandy quite a few years ago as we've worked up and teamed up on some projects in our local school district. And I can tell you that she is another individual within this company who just really cares and wants what's best for kids and completely understands that in order for that to happen, we have to support those of you who are out there doing the most important work. I will tell you these next two episodes, this one and the next one coming up, are near and dear to my heart because they both involve people that I have worked with directly. And I can tell you that this company specifically, has made an amazing impression on me. And just like our guest next episode, this company does an amazing job of rolling up their sleeves and just trying to help. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Brandy shares so much wisdom with you. I know you're really going to enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandy Bro. Ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited to have a special guest on tonight with me. 
through a company that I have personally worked with for quite a few years now, and they've blown my doors off, and so many people are amazing, including this amazing individual. Thank you so much, Brandy Bro, for joining me tonight. Oh, thank you, Kyle. Thank you for the introduction. That's very sweet of you, and it's been an honor, and I've I have to tell you, my very first work that I did with Stetson and Associates, I was in your district, <laughs> and it has a special place in my heart, always will. I, I talk about it all the time, so I appreciate that praise because it absolutely is mutual in every way, <laughs> shape, and form. You guys are amazing. I love to go see y'all. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I will say, thinking back to like coming out of the remote learning days, we partnered up on a project. And this is the commitment that Brandy has. She had like a hurricane going on at her house. And the electricity went out. And somehow, <laughs> some way, like 20 minutes later, she found a way to get back on and continue, <laughs> continue the professional development. That's the kind of commitment we're talking about here with Stetson Associates. <laughs> yeah, so I am housed south of Houston near Galveston. And so, yes, hurricanes is like a normal thing in our <laughs> life. <laughs> it's, oh, power's out. All right. We know what to do. <laughs> Just roll with it, I guess. Huh? <laughs> That's right. We're, we're, we're going to jump back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandy, I, I know you, but our listeners don't know you. So why don't you kind of take them on a little journey and, and share with them how you've gotten up to everything as far as where you're at now? Okay, so I am actually by training a speech language pathologist. Um, I started in the schools right out of my graduate degree and absolutely, absolutely loved working. Um, I worked in Corpus Christi ISD where my uh, husband and I first lived when we got married and then we transferred up to Houston. Um, and in my time in the district that I was in, I had a craving for curriculum. I don't know what it was, but every time I would work with my students, I wanted to know how what I was doing built into what they were doing in school. And language is everywhere. Language underlies everything. So as I was working and doing language therapy, I wanted to know how I could help support them in school. So I started asking questions. I would go to special education teachers. I'd go to some general education teachers and I'd say, so tell me about and what are y'all doing and what what can I do to help you? And I got to do some observations of students in the general education setting. I did some observations and some time pushed in. I did the same thing in the general, I mean, in the special education setting. Um, and then just over time, I started to build rapport and relationships and we saw so much progress and all this shininess come out of our kids that me and a teacher decided that we were going to take our show on the road. And so we ended up presenting across the district and um, that ended up getting it the attention district level administrators. And so I was kind of tapped on the shoulder and asked to do administration and did that for many years and absolutely loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I felt like I learned as much from everyone else as we shared in knowledge. Um, I, I, I don't want to say they learned from me because really, truly, I learned so much more from them. But I ended up working with occupational therapy and physical therapy and VI teachers and SPED teachers and homebound teachers. And um, so, like I said, I felt like I learned a lot from them. And 
Then one day after doing administration for many years, um, I started to do program evaluations for the different teams that I supervised. And our district, the SPED department, went through a program about two. And the inquisitive, like, curriculum person in me just loved it <laughs> and thought it was really cool to dig deep and look at data and figure out what it meant and what we could do for our kids. Um, and so I came home one night and I told my husband, I said, I think I want to do this full time. Like, I think this is my gig. I think that I really like this and this is this is what I want to do. Um, and so as as serendipity would have, I was I decided that, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to go to the best. So I invited Dr. Stetson to lunch one day and I admired her work. I admired the company's work. They had been in our district before. I'd been to several trainings that they had provided. And I always felt like I took something away from it. And so I said, hey, I, I think I want to do this full time at some point. And um, I, what do I need to know? Like, you know, I've, I've got a few years before I'm done in the schools, you know, like, so tell me what I need to know. And um, she asked me to come work for her that day. Wow. And I jumped <laughs> immediately, um, unexpectedly, and um, haven't looked back. It's been a great, it'll be four years this coming July. And so I feel like now I get to travel out of Texas and go to wonderful places and around the country and learn from other people as well. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into it. So it, in some ways, I feel like a little bit of a unicorn <laughs> because I'm a speech pathologist that right. worked, you know, on some committees in our uh, C&I departments. And then from there, started getting into the things like program evaluations and then moved into working with teachers more closely and being in the gen ed classroom. And so um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's awesome. That's an interesting journey. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Like, yeah, I started out a speech path, you know, and now <laughs> That is awesome. That's actually a really good segue into the next part. You know, I, I know Dr. Stetson, and she's amazing, and her work is, for decades, been unbelievable. Would you mind just sharing a little bit about her and then also the work that Stetson Associates, that, that all of you know, all of your company's doing? Yeah, absolutely. So, Dr. Stetson actually started the company 36 years ago. Wow. Um, and, and of course, off of her passion for excellence and equity in education for all students. Um, that is her passion. Uh, her doctorate degree was actually done uh, with a lot of the work that we continue now. Uh, doing those same processes and procedures and looking at data and working with systems in order to improve for equity and excellence. Um, and I, I think that just over time, like you said, her work and her reputation just spoke for itself. And she's had opportunities to work at Department of Education level and at many different states. Um, but over those three decades, she has made a commitment to do the work to work alongside educators and also to find other people that meet that same high expectation and that level of integrity to, to do what's right for kids. Um, so the very first meeting that I had at Stetson and Associates, I was just in awe of the people sitting around the table. I mean, it's former directors of special education, former superintendents, former curriculum writers, former, I mean, it's just all of these brains that, um, that, that really keep you on your feet, which is a good thing, right? Because it's yeah. constantly growing ourselves and honing our skills 
and not being afraid to say, huh, I never thought about that, right? Like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's <laughs> do that. So um, it's a great group of people that have high expectations of ourselves, as well as the places that we go and the people that we work with who all truly, truly believe that um, inclusion and equity and excellence is the best for all of our kids. Um, I, I know that right now in our country, there's a lot around diversity and there's a lot around learning gaps. And gosh, we're seeing so much social emotional gaps as well, right? Uh, but I can tell you that everyone that I work with on a daily basis has full belief that it's possible hmm. and that we will achieve it and that it just takes connecting with people to do that. So uh, I think we're all connected in that way and all driven by the work that we do for kids. And I always say the staff really evolves from leadership and there is no doubt in your company that you have positive leadership. The people, all the people, I've gotten to know quite a few of the people in your company through the last few years and just amazing people who just care, you know, and that's yeah. from my standpoint as, you know, someone we bring in companies or curriculums, uh, consultants, whatever, to, to work with our school district. I just always appreciate when you know that the people you're working with are coming from a good place and your company did definitely has always, that has always been the case. And I always appreciate that. So you, you hit on the idea of, of inclusive, uh, inclusiveness within schools. And that's kind of why, really why I wanted you to jump on is I know that our work in our school district has really, we've brought you in for years to dive into really providing supports for students in the classroom and making sure our classrooms are good, inclusive environments. What kind of advice do you have for anyone out there as far as building inclusive environments in classrooms? Um, don't be afraid to try. Hmm. Don't be afraid to try. Uh, I was doing some instructional coaching um, in a district and the goal was to help build a lesson plan that had really rich instruction with accommodations that were in students' IEPs and an engaging lesson. And so we helped the teachers design the lesson. Then we went in and we observed it. And then we came out, we debriefed. And I remember the teacher was so upset. She was like almost in tears because she said, oh, that was just awful. It was so horrible, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so what it was, was it was like a sixth grade algebra lesson. Or not, it must have been ninth grade because it was algebra. And the students had to solve an equation and then find their match, right? And so they got up and they were moving around the room and they were finding their match. And depending on what the students' accommodations were, they might have had a different type of equation or different kind of stems or something like that, right? So it was absolutely accommodating for, for everybody and, and their needs. And they were around the room and they're mingling in this. And, and afterwards, the teacher said, oh, it was just a mess. It was chaos. Everybody was doing this. <laughs> and I just said to myself, no, that was not chaos. Because otherwise, they would have been sitting in rows with hoodies on their head hmm. and earbuds in their ears and not really paying attention, right? Or maybe halfway paying attention. But she thought because there was a little bit of noise and there was a little bit of chaos and there were some kids that needed help and redirection that, oh, it didn't work, it didn't work. And so I think that maybe that vulnerability to say, I'm going to try 
and I'm going to do something outside of my comfort zone, Hmm. even though I know it may not go exactly the way I planned it, right? Um, So don't be afraid to try. And even if that means take baby steps. So maybe there's one particular period that, that you have or a class. Maybe there's one particular student that you just know you feel like you could reach, you know, or one that you know you could help and support in the classroom. Um, talk to a special education teacher maybe and say, hey, so tell me what you do with Brandy. How do you, how do you help her? What can I do in my classroom? I mean, really, that's how I bridged from the speech therapy room into the classroom. That's really how it started. I said, hey, tell me about your lesson. I want to know what what is the expectation so that when I'm pulling out, I can really do things that'll teach Brandy what to do in your classroom and be successful more, right? So it was conversations and then me going into the classroom a little bit and seeing how that student acted in that lesson and where they were having their barriers and their gaps. So don't be afraid. Baby steps. Um, Acknowledge that there's a learning curve because it's not going to go perfect the first time and it's not going to be fantastic. Um, And there's going to be a little bit more planning right ahead before you do that. But once you get into the groove, you start learning the way that you need to adjust lessons um, and and it becomes more natural. You know, right now, the the teacher shortage is horrible Mm -hmm. and it's pervasive across the country. Right. So so many teachers are coming in new teachers and also maybe just sped certified teachers, right? So we've got a lot of kids that are, I say kids, it's because I'm older. Um, We've got a lot of young professionals who are coming into the classroom who just don't know what they don't know. It's not that they don't want to, it's not that they don't want to do what they need to do or or meet that student's needs. They just maybe didn't have the sped 101, right? Or maybe I just took the certification test and I don't, you know, I have never done this before. So you know, acknowledging there's going to be a learning curve and you're not going to be perfect and that's okay. Um, I, I would advise to talk to your administrator and let them know, hey, here's what I want to do. Just so they know if they come into your classroom and they're doing a walkthrough that, oh, I'm trying something new today, right? But then also honoring and sharing the success in that too. So when you have something that goes well, maybe ask your administrator, hey, can I share this at a staff meeting? Or, hey, this went really well. Or maybe if your school has spotlights or success that they celebrate, you know, making that, announcing that and letting everyone share in that, you know, and and maybe having a partner in crime, like, Do you have a teacher that you know, hey, I want to try this. What do you think? What do you know about all this? It could be a SPED teacher. It could be a general education teacher. Regardless, having somebody that you can reach out to, ask questions, share your success, and also share your grief, share your questions. Um, I have to tell you, I see more often than not, once you get everybody at the table. You get your general education, your special education, your administrator. When you really have everybody at the table talking about kids, the learning that happens and the ahas of, oh, I never thought about it like that. That's <laughs> all it is. That's yeah. really all it is. It's not this huge shift in everything that you're doing. Teachers are intuitive more than they give themselves credit for. They want their kids to be successful. 
they don't realize the things that they're doing already. So it's just a little tweak in the, the mindset and the vocabulary of it, of just, hmm, maybe I'll try it right now, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess that's the best advice is to forgive yourself, but also be willing, be willing to get out there and do it, just giving it a try. I love all that. It's really good stuff, Brandy. And the idea that we need to, we need to give our teachers enough space so that they can try, feel free enough to try uh, certain things is super important too. And you kind of hit on that. And one of the, I'm fortunate to do a wide variety of things in our school district. And one of the things that, that I get to do is work with new, new staff, new teachers, new paras. And the thing I drive home, especially to our new teachers from the jump is that, listen, you're going to have some things you try and it doesn't go great. And that's okay. It's okay. And from an administrative standpoint, we have to be understanding of that. We have to know that, you know, it's, you got, just like we want students to take risks, we want our educators to take risks because it may be the best thing in the end, but sometimes it doesn't always start that way. So yeah. all really good stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to be what it's always been. Yep. Right. It doesn't have to look like what everybody else's looks like. Right. You know, just being like you said, the freedom to say, I'm going to try something different. And if it goes great, awesome. And if it doesn't, I'll try again. Yeah. That's a learning cycle, right? I'll try again. Yep. That's exactly right. And so to dive a little bit deeper down that rabbit hole, we're talking about the individual. So we think about like individual supports for students, what kind of advice would you have um, for that? First and foremost, know your kids. I mean, and that's a that's a given, right? You yep. have to know your kids. You have to know um, who they are, what their dreams are, because everyone has a dream, and everyone has strengths. And and it is easy, I think, because I've worked in the school. I know, I know, I, I'm, I've had the tasks right? The tasks that you have to complete. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on teachers now to get it done and the rigor and the pace and all of that. But knowing your kids is key to being able to connect and reach out and understand where they're coming from, right? So I I think that's first and foremost. And if you don't, maybe Think of one that you feel you could connect with, or, or, or maybe there's an instance where you have a certain student who receives special education who leaves your room for ELA, say, the whole time. Maybe have a conversation with a special education teacher. Hey, you know, would it be possible for us to discuss or, and talk about maybe Brandy could stay in my room the first 30 minutes, you know, or maybe not leave the entire block? Or maybe um, we could connect on some things that I could do to support her better. Or, or maybe you have a situation where you have a paraeducator or another person coming into the classroom to support you and your students. Like, what does that look like? And, and what, what could I do? Like, really thinking about what does my lesson look like? And what can I do a little bit different just to tweak it so that it meets the needs of that student that I know? that student that I'm starting to get to know. Um, I think also having that that same forgiveness and mindset in ourselves, right? Just knowing that if they can give, then I can give too. If they can shift a little bit and push themselves, then I can too. I think high expectations is critical. I think kids know what you expect 
and they'll meet it regardless of how high or how low that is. Um, I, you know, but no one comes into education for the paycheck, <laughs> right? Yes. True. They're here because they love it. They're here because they believe in kids and they're here because they want to do good. So I think reconnecting to doing good and that passion and realizing that every student in that classroom is there because because they want someone to believe in them, right? Well, you know, said. some of them may not have that support at home. Some of them may have it, right? But I also think that, you know, we're seeing so many behaviors as a result of COVID and not being used to that routine of school. Uh, we're seeing huge social emotional gaps. I saw it with my own children too. Yeah. I mean, just that's the reality of it. So, you know, a connection with another person that is the leader in my classroom can move milestones. And it might just be that, right? I mean, how many times did someone else believe in you first before you believed in yourself, right? Yeah. And that made you want to do better and live up to that person. So I think high expectations is huge. Um, believing that they can versus they can't. Um, and, you know, I always say err on the side of the child before I think about what I know of history, what I know about, you know, their home life or what I know about, you know, making an assumption. I'm going to err on the side of the kid first and believe that, you know what, they're going to live up to that. And I believe that they can. You know, Michael Jordan, right? How many times did he not get picked? Yep. But. He kept going. What his mother told him, salt in his shoes, I think is what it was. <laughs> it was right. something like that, that's right? right? Yes. Like, and then <laughs> the magic happened, right? It, that's all it took. So, you know, I think being that magic, being that salt for kids is all that it's about. Sorry to break in the action, everybody, but I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Recharge Family Designs, specifically our sticker designs that have been designed by all of our family members in hopes that we can get more positive messaging out in the world to help recharge and empower teachers, parents, and kids. Check them out at rechargefamily.com or just hook up with the link down in the show notes. Now let's get back to the action. You're so filled with wisdom and just <laughs> dropping knowledge like crazy and, and, and just good hearted stuff that just makes sense. Just makes sense. All of when we talk about supports for kids, it really comes down to get to know them and figure out how yeah. they tick. You know, I always, mm -hmm. I always say, as someone growing up with, growing up with undiagnosed ADHD, you know, school was not the the greatest environment for me, and uh, I was lucky enough to to kind of figure out some things that worked for myself along the way. That's not the ideal situation. The ideal situation yeah. is we have good leaders who in our classroom, our teachers, our paras, who dive deep enough to help kids figure out who they are and what works best for them. And then uh, the kids are able to kind of figure it out and, and push forward and help themselves be more successful. So all really yeah. good stuff. And I want to close out here in this next piece, just kind of thinking about next year. We're coming to the end of this year. And I know so many teachers are like limping along. Just can we get to the finish line? May is a hey, tough the month. The podcast on getting to the state testing was fabulous. By oh, way. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I shared it with many teachers like, you got this, you got this. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it, it, the, the 
last part of the year can be a grind. You know, you yeah. get through state testing and then the last part is like you were trying to wrap up, you know, any final assessments for the years, regardless of what grade you teach, whether you're in high school or you're in elementary school, it's, you're yeah. just trying to wrap it all up and yet you, behaviors spike hard at the end of the year. It's a real challenge. However, looking ahead to next year, you know, we'll have a new crop of teachers coming in and, you know, teaching's not getting any easier. That's for sure. It is really a, a difficult, it's an impactful, extremely impactful job. There's not much more that's, that's on the important scale than what everyone does in education, but it's really difficult. So what kind of advice do you have for the, the new crop coming in starting up next fall? So, you know, when the beginning of the school year, so being an administrator, I always work year round, right? So, yeah. and whenever it was time for people to come back, I got so excited. <laughs> like, I just loved it. I would, all my teams were coming back and I would make little goodie bags for them <laughs> and, you know, like all the stuff and the excitement and all of that just got me going too. And I know it's a bit of a cliche of the whole fresh start. However, really, truly, it is a fresh start. Yeah. It is a great time to say, you know what? I, 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 whatever is past is past. And here's my goal. But, you know, I, I think I would do like a five, what is it? Five, a couch to 5K. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't have to go in like, like just like blazing it out. And, and you know, but, you know, maybe baby steps, you know, like I, I tell people, pick a pick one thing a month. One thing a month, I'm going to try to do a different teaching style with my paraeducator or my SPED teacher, or I'm going to try something different in my lesson plan. I'm going to try to learn something new about inclusion that month, or I'm going to try to learn something new with SPED or, you know, what I just, you know, because I feel like if you come in going too fast, you, you might burn out, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you just get to September and boy, October's a really long month, right? And then it's just gone. So I feel like start with baby steps, do something a month, give yourself some goals, because then when you achieve those goals, then you feel that sense of, ah, I got this. And it's not, it, I can do this. It's not going to kill me, right? Like I can do this. So, and they already have so many new things, right? That probably new initiatives and new goals. So look for a way to find inclusion or those types of things to tie into your new year goals that you already have. Tie it into your campus goals, your district goals, your personal assessment goals that you're doing, you know, and take little baby steps so that you can realize it is doable over time. I mean, you know, you, no one became a fantastic teacher in their first year, yeah. right? Yeah. If anything, you walked away with lessons learned. So allowing yourself the grace to say, I'm going to think differently and I'm going to act in new ways, but I'm going to do it at a pace that's right for me. Because it may be that there's some huge initiative at your school that's going to require a little bit more, right? So maybe when you first get back, I might have to just do three things this month. And then next month, I'm going to do a little bit more. But I can promise you, whenever you start to do it, and you really commit to it, you really commit to it. Because I truly believe the blessing and change comes from the actions, not just the dream. I'm all about the dream, <laughs> because it's your goal. And it's what you go for. 
But until you start making that change, you can't accomplish that dream, right? So taking those steps is so important. So maybe just setting some realistic goals. And then when you do achieve them, have that partner. Tell someone you're going to do it. Have an accountability partner, but also a celebration partner so that you can talk about it and feel supported. Um, you know, I do several book studies with different friend groups based on what our interest level is. And I, if it weren't for the fact that I knew, oh, I've got book study tomorrow night. I've, I've got to make sure that I've got my stuff done. And you know what I mean? There, There is something to that, having sure that is. accountability piece too, right? But also I go to that meeting or that dinner or that lunch or whatever it is, and I walk away feeling empowered more than I would have if I was doing it on my own. Right. So, you know, having that partner also pro provides you the, the, the keep it going. You know, I, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to take a little step more. And, and, you know, it's okay if I didn't do everything exactly right. So that's the biggest thing to take for next year. Have the goals and allow yourself to do them at your pace. I like it. I like it. And just a reminder for everybody out there that, Teaching, whether you're in your 30th year or your first year, is really challenging. And if you're a veteran or you're a mentor, you keep that in mind. It, it, our new teachers need somebody to go to. They need somebody to lean on. They need somebody to bounce ideas off of. And you don't have all the answers either, but you might have some that can help them out. So um, our listeners have heard me say this over and over again. The importance of mentoring uh, cannot be understated but you don't have to be an official mentor to be a mentor. So you might Absolutely. just be the person next door. You know, you, you could be uh, just someone on that staff. Reach out. We need, to, we need to blanket new teachers with good people who care about them and want to bring them along. Real quick, speaking of next year, what's your company have uh, like insight for next year? Where's Stetson going you know, next year and um, what's on the horizon? I think just working alongside more districts. I, I think we're going to be with you at some yep. point next yep. year. Yeah. Got a couple projects uh, with you all. Yeah, yeah. Um, continuing the work, really, truly. Um, you know, over COVID, we were, with Dr. Stetson, I mean, it was, okay, we've got a little bit of time here, and schools are working on what they're doing, and she helped us to say, we're going to dive into our work. And we did a lot of development over that time. And then we dove into virtual learning as well so we could support our clients. And and, and we posted all kinds of stuff on our website, um, which I'll give just a little plug. Check out our website. <laughs> One thing that Stetson is known for is their tools, their free tools and resources. That's like, true. I always knew when I went to a Stetson training, I was going to walk away with something that I could use the next day. Um, in the work that I was doing. So please check it out. Um, but no, I think just continuing to do that, um, I, since we're a little bit further down the road from COVID and we're getting back into our routines and getting back into our uh, goals and commitments and strategies and all that, um, work has gotten a little bit more busy and, and we love that. That's what we want to do. We want to be in districts and working with people and supporting them. So continuing to do that work. Um, we have, uh, we did free webinars this past year. I don't know if anyone has heard about those, but those were a huge hit. We've had a huge request hmm. to keep those going. So I'm sure that we'll be doing that as well. Um, and just continuing to be learners, yeah. honestly, continuing to be learners and, um, 
figuring out how we can best support those that we work with and what work can we do to help you guys stay in the classroom and not have to worry about the rest, right? Like, yep. what can we do? Yep. <laughs> yep. Your work is, is needed and it is just, it's great to bring in people who care and not just about, um, not just about, you know, results, but also about the people that they work with, they care about kids, uh, and it just shines through with your company. It doesn't matter if it's Cindy Nelson, who I've been working with for years now and grown to just have so much admiration for, or even the people in the office from Trisha to Carol, just good people all around this company. I can't say enough good things about them, and their mission is and has always been fantastic. And the leadership drives good people uh, on, across their staff. Real quick, before we jump out of here, uh, you already mentioned like the website is a really good place for resources. Any place else you want to send people to connect with the company or connect with you? Well, Inclusive Schools Network is also another one of our websites that has a, an amazing support with blogs and information. Um, every year, the first week in December, we do an Inclusive Schools Network week. Um, so check that out. It's wonderful. Um, and my information is on the website. So is everybody else's. So if you if you connect to the website, then there's lots. But um, and and I always tell people this: call me if you just want to brainstorm. Like like you know, it's it's not about we have to come in your district. It, you know, I mean we we want good for kids. We want teachers to be empowered. Uh, we want to support and keep our teachers and tell them thank you for what you do and you know it, it's a job that has it, it's endless right yeah. it's endless over time it has longevity and it lives on right so we want to make sure that we show our appreciation and give teachers what they need to be able to go to work every day and do what they do so um yeah check out the website stetsonassociate.com yeah awesome and like always we'll we'll have their information down in the show notes so you can hook up with there if you, if you need it uh, thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate everything you and, and your company does from, as I, I've kind of rattled off the names, I just want everybody to know the work they do is very diverse, whether it's, you know, getting in and working with co-talk classrooms and, and trying to provide supports to a new project in our district, working with one of our special schools, good guy, Brian's trying to help us figure out how we're how we can go through, you know, issues with staffing, which so many people have just this. I can't say enough good things about these people. So I'd highly suggest you check them out. Personally, I just like to work with companies that have the best interest of everybody in mind, specifically the kids and the staff that support them. So thank you again, Brandy. I appreciate thank everything you. you do. Oh my gosh. This was so great to see you. Hopefully <laughs> I'll get to be there in the fall and get to give you a big hug in person and everybody else. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Party time! It's like oh, 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 sirens are going off in my head. We're gonna try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting entertainers. Always watching. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. 
Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his music in our intro, outro, and also the music used in our interviews. You can find his information in the show notes below.